0: Welcome to the Give Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Kai. This podcast is sponsored by the GPS Island Program, which Forbes has stated helps entrepreneurs become professional speakers. For more information, go to ChristopherKai.com. Our guest today is Jean-Paul Roran. I'm practicing my French. Jean-Paul is the mayor of Smile and the founder and chief smiling officer of Unspoken Smiles Foundation. Jean-Paul, thanks so much for being on our show today.
1: Hey, Chris, thanks for having me. It's such an honor to be part of this uh, podcast and uh, looking forward to a great conversation.
0: So I'm really excited because our listeners may or may not know that Jean-Paul is a super high-level guy, and I'll explain why. But also the fact that he talks about smiles, there's a TED Talk by Ron Gutman who said it many years ago that when you smile, chemically, you're changing. And your dopamine levels are going higher, your serotonin levels are going higher. Your endorphins are going higher, your cortisol, your stress level is going lower, and your immune system is going higher. So the fact that Jean-Paul is all about smiles, I just want to give our listeners a super heads up that this is going to be an amazing podcast. And the reason why Jean-Paul is a high-level guy is because he was just at Davos. It's the the highest level networking event in the world. It's actually a place in Switzerland called Davos. They're actually called Davos, and it's really World Economic Forum. And he's also part of the... Um, clinton foundation and also un so thank you so much for being on our on our show john paul
1: thanks for having me and, and like you said it's uh, it's a very good uh, and an important thing to be able to to use your smile to to um to change the world you know and as you can see uh, my journey started uh, in haiti uh in the place where i was born and then uh so while I was at NYU College of Dentistry on my way to become a dentist and the earthquake happened in Haiti, so I was like, you know, the devastating earthquake of 2010, you know, everyone was like uh, very sad about the situation. I traveled back home the first time since I returned back since I moved to the U.S. And um, so that's, wh- that's where I find, you know, real issues in Haiti because when I was living there, That was the only place I knew. I never traveled before. I never see poverty, you know. And when I returned after the earthquake, you know, I was expecting the children to be sad despite the tragedy, uh, death, and devastation, but they were still smiling, you know. And, and they were so happy to receive like, some of the dental supplies that I, I bought for them, toothbrushes, toothpaste to brush their teeth and give them the reason uh, to, to smile. And that's where it was the duality of this moment that gave uh, Unspoken Smile its name, because I, I knew behind all, all those smiles that a story that I wanted to, to tell. And um, so if you look at the Unspoken mm. Smiles, that, that's where the name came from and uh, so until that we because that that story was like so uh, infectious it got spread around the world and we ended up having projects similar to these around the world where we we bring smiles to india um romania el salvador iraq and and um our goal is to continue to spread smiles and and tell the story behind, behind all those uh, people who are suffering, but at the same time still focus on solving one of the most overlooked health problems in the world, which is uh, all disease.
0: Yeah, no, that's a, such a powerful way to talk about that. And so, I want to just unpack some of the things. In that, we are living through some very challenging times right now, and yet here you are showing your courage and story, John Paul, about Haiti and about the kids there. Because again. Similarly, when I was in a homeless shelter in LA, where I would volunteer 10 years ago, I ended up meeting these kids in a homeless shelter. It's actually the worst part of town. At least again, obviously you can't compare Haiti poverty with US, but at least for the US, this is at the largest homeless shelter of its kind in in LA. And I walked in there and I saw all these kids running around and like you, what were they doing? They are smiling. And there's a little girl named Hannah, who's eight years old. She ran up to me and said, do you want to play jump rope with a smile? (laughs) <laughs> and just like you, whether they're in a homeless shelter or after earthquake in Haiti, the kids just are kids, even though outside they're pimps and prostitutes and drug dealers and drug addicts and pedophiles and rapists. But I just want our listeners to, to know that whatever you're going through now, whatever struggles you're going through now, if you use the example that Jean-Paul has mentioned, which is the kids even after earthquake are smiling. Now, again, of course, there are real challenges, but you have to start with what you can control. And simply by smiling allows you to. Be more uplifting and it's actually chemically changes you. So I want to just really mm. let our listeners know how powerful and important it is that no matter what is going on in life, no one can take away your ability to smile. And I want to really let our listeners know how important and just how simple it is, all of us can do it, all of us. Mm. And so I want to really commend you, John Paul for, for doing that. So let's talk about, um, your interest in being a dentist. I mean, you, you said you grew up in Haiti, What inspired you to want to be a dentist and go into the whole dental field?
1: Yes, absolutely. So uh, in Haiti, um, so I was like uh, already finishing high school and started college. Uh, but I was like, uh, my goal was always to be in the medical field somehow, you know, because I, in the Caribbean, to be uh, considered successful, you have to be a doctor, a lawyer, or anything else, you know, and if you are anything else than that, you are a failure, you know, you're considering a failure in, the, in that society. Right. So for me, I was always interested in the field. So when I moved to the U.S., I didn't speak English, I had to start all over again from scratch. Uh, I went to Boston school to learn English, and uh, so when I transferred to college and I started to figure out which way to to go, and uh, and then I came across a poster of a dental program uh, at at our Rockland Community College, where I I did my first uh, two years college. And then from there i started looking up what's the best dental college in the country because i was always passionate about being the best because i came from haiti i'm in the u.s i wanted to take advantage of the best of the best things that the u.s can offer you know Mm -hmm. and that's why when i started and when i started searching and i came across nyu college of dentistry which was the best school or is still the best dental school in the world so I was like, you know what, this is the place I'm going to be, you know. So I, I became very competitive at that time, you know, and wanted to accomplish all the greatest things that I can. And um, so I applied um, uh, to to NYU dental hygiene program because it was the only school with a bachelor program in dental hygiene. So that way the transition to dental school will be much easier for me because I will have the knowledge, I'll make good connections. And as a minority, I know it's very difficult to get to dental school. So by being there and, and make some connections and people will definitely give me a shot at the dental program. So I did that. I got accepted, you know, during my first application. So it was an exciting moment for me. And, um, and then from there, while I was doing the dental hygiene program, that's when the earthquake happened. So uh, at that time, I was still finishing my uh, my bachelor there in dental hygiene. So um, that event really changed my life uh, in terms of uh, my career path. You know, it just really I found my calling after my trip to Haiti and helping these kids. But considering that I'm very passionate about learning and education, I still wanted to maintain uh, to use uh, the education that I receive. To, to, to do good. So I completed the hygiene degree. So instead of going to dental school, I ended up applying for a master's at NYU, uh, Columbia University uh, so that I learned the skills to manage a nonprofit organization. And it was that time where, you know, we kind of grew the organization from just uh, uh, a tragedy to a global movement. From 2015 all the way to to now, so to date we have created impact and served nearly 7,000 children in eight countries across four continents.
0: So that's that's, that's the journey. Yeah, that's very inspiring. How do you serve these kids?
1: So that's good. So our priority. So we are one of the only dental organi- organizations whose focus is not on treatment. So we tackle the root causes of those issues. You know because you can go and take dentists with you in this country, which is what many organizations currently do. They take dental, uh, dentists from here, they travel to underserved communities and provide uh, uh, a surgical treatment, which most of the time is extraction. So for us, it wasn't really like a, a, a good way for us to, to, to create impact when you go to a place and remove, start removing people's teeth, you know? Yeah. That way, those uh, children are growing up now missing half of the permanent teeth, which also affect the self-esteem, their diet, and yeah. all issues. That you know, although the, the the intention is really good, but you ended up doing more harms. So that's why as someone who was passionate as both being someone who grew up in poverty in, in, a country, uh, in, in the poorest country in the world and, and also having the background in dentistry because dental hygiene is not about treatment, but it's a focus on prevention. And no, education. That's great. that's great. You know, I, with me and, and, and use that model to create a, a model of, of prevention and education rather than treatment.
0: That's great, Jean-Paul. We're, we're pretty much over with our time, but I, I wanna again stress to our listeners that you're a perfect example, Jean-Paul, of someone that again, perhaps didn't grow up in the best situation in Haiti, but you took what you knew about life and you were driven, you were courageous and you're, and you're obviously still so young so you have so many different opportunities. So I hope all of us can really support Jean-Paul with his idea of giving, with smiling, with preventive measures, because again, so much of life is about what simple steps can you take today? What That's, simple steps can you take today? So a child can smile and we can help them with a smile, whether giving them a toothbrush and interestingly enough, as you said, Jean Paul, when I'm at the homeless shelter volunteering, they don't want more toys. They don't want more, more gifts. They want things like toothpaste and toothbrush and socks and female products. You know, it's just like what you're saying, preventive care is so important. So thanks so much for being on our show, Jean Paul. How can our guests learn more about you and stay in touch?
1: Thank you, Chris, for having me. It was a great time talking about Unspoken Smiles. So, if you want to, my call is to have all of you join me in realizing this shared vision of whole care for everyone, everywhere, every day by going online at UnspokenSmiles.org and just to support us. You know, because we are an organization who welcome everyone, every sector, irrespective of your background. So if you if you want to do good you want to get involved you want to support our cause please visit, visit us online and see the work that we do and sponsor us in every way you can awesome so it's
0: unspokensmile.org. smile.org unspoken smiles with an s got it got it great thanks so much for your time jean paul i really appreciate you doing the work you do and, and keep keep up the great work thank you so much and uh, please be
1: safe you know and uh, and spread the spreads more smiles. Uh, au revoir. <laughs> <laughs> Over.